So Anthony, yesterday we left it still in 77B4. Now, if you're wondering why, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opportunity to go to end up short in the last page. Why? Because when we end the, when we end this chapter, it's gonna be only one side of the page. So I'm not in a rush to to do it until the very end of the DAF because in a few days we're gonna have extra time as Ratoshin. So we are again 77 before. Now we are when the Mishnah we are still in the left column. The first column of 77 before, uh, the, the, the half of it, it says, Shemen Kedei Lasuch Ever Koton. So that's going to be a long topic for now. That the minimum amount of oil. Max, welcome. We are in 77 before, in the first column, half of it. So oil, the minimum amount that if a person takes out on Shabbos and he's going to be liable, is going to be to anoint a small limb. So the Gemara is going to clarify what does that mean. Omri Amri Rabbi Yanai, the scholars of the Academy of Rabbi Yanai, explain this Mishnah that it means the following. It's Shemen ever katan shel katan ben yomo. So this is unbelievable. The smallest of the smallest. So this is the minimum amount of oil enough to anoint the small limb of a day one day one day old infant. So let's take from an infant, let's say this part of the body of a little baby. Okay, and anyway, the babies have very smooth skin. <clears throat> so how much oil do you need to anoint this little part of the pinky of the baby when they old? Hardly anything, right? So it's unbelievable. So the amount of oil that a person he would take out on Shabbos to Rosh Hashanah would be liable is really minimum. Now, the Gemara is going to try to check this out. The Gemara is going to challenge this from a Brisa. Basically, it says in a Brisa, Shemen, again our topic, ever katan ve katan ben yomoi. So the wording on this Brisa is a little bit different than in the Mishnah. So let's see how we understand it. So enough to anoint a small limb, ever katan, and now the Gemara understands as a second part, the katan ben yomo, and a day old infant. So the Gemara says, my love, isn't what the Brisa means, does not it mean ever katan de gadol, there's two ways to measure and it's the same amount. Either a small limb of an adult, in this case would be, as I explained, this part of the pinky of an adult, or or a large limb of a day of a one day old infant. So obviously this is a bigger amount than the previous one. 
So, so therefore, this Brisa challenges the previous uh, teaching of the students of Rabbi Yanai. Says the Gemara, Amri lach de be Rabbi Yanai. So the scholars of Rabbi Yanai Academy can tell to you, can tell to you, no, this is not what the Brisa means. Really, this is what the Brisa means. Shemen, the amount of oil, exactly the way we explained it initially, no, as the Gemara thought recently. Enough to anoint a small limb of a small, a small child uh, that is one day old. Okay, so now the Gemara says, Maybe this is an argument between two opinions. So the Gemara brings the price. Shemen again oil. ever katan yomo. So this is what we just saw previously. So according to the first opinion, enough oil to anoint a small limb, and initially we understand it, and a day old infant has been two separate measurements. But then uh, the, uh, the, this is this is the opinion, the words of Rabbi Shimon Lozer. However, Rabbi Nosa Noimer, a second opinion, the Lasuch ever cotton to anoint a small limb. Up until now is a price. So says the Gemara, my love, isn't is this what they are disputing? The Rabbi Shimon Ben Lazar Sabar. That the first opinion holds ever cotton shell cotton that is a small limb of an infant as the students of Rabbi and I explained it and then comes the second opinion of Rabbi Nosan that says Rabbi Nosan Savar ever cotton the godol ever godol the cotton and this is the way the Gemara rejected uh, the students of Rabbi and I by understanding is two things. It's either a small limb of an adult or a large limb of an infant. But a small limb of a day-old infant, for sure would be not. So this, this is against the scholars of Rabbi Yanai. So, Rabbi Shimon Lazar goes like the sons of Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Lazar goes like the scholars of the house of Rabbi Anai. And Rabbi Nosan argue, argues with them. So, the Gemara Loi, we're not forced to learn the Brisa like this. Why? Says the Gemara. Because you can learn the Brisa in the following way. The Koli Alma ever cotton, the cotton, Ben Yomaloi. Everybody can tell you that what the students of the house of Rabiana is not true. Meaning to say that oil that can only anoint the small limb of a one-day-old infant, that is such a small amount that for sure a person wouldn't be liable. Let's move on to the next page, to page 78A1. The lays of the Rabiana. So therefore, both opinions, Abishimu and Lazar, and Rabbi Nassan, they both would agree 
that that's not enough to be liable. Veacha vemai And over here says the Gemara, this would be the point of the argument. Rabbi Shimon Lazar holds. Ever cotton the gadol, ever gadol the cotton benjoimo, kiadet ininu. That actually a small limb of an adult and a large limb of a day one old infant are alike. So this is also what the Gemara initially, when the Gemara rejected the students of Rabbi Yenai, what the Gemara understood. That these two measurements are one and the same. A small limb of an adult or a big limb of a one-day-old baby. That is Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar. But Rabbi Nassim Saba, but Rabbi Nassim holds, no, that ever cotton the gadol ain, he's more lenient. That only the amount of oil for a small um, limb of an older person. But ever gadol the katan ben yomolo. But if somebody takes out on Shabbos only a, a, a small amount for oil to anoint a large limb of one day old infant, he wouldn't be liable because according to him, he is, that is a smaller amount. Yeah, uh, to, uh, the amount sufficient to anoint the large limb of an infant is not enough. So says the Gemara, that's how we could learn this brisa. Okay, so at this stage, we have three opinions. So says the Gemara, Maya Poor Max, you have been battling to come in. I hope now you're in. Yeah. Okay, sorry about yeah. that. Okay, so Max, we are in page 78, A1. So my so what how do we live this understanding? Says Gemora Tashma Desanya. Now we're gonna find a Braisa that is much more explicit. Says the Braisa, Rabbi Shimon the Lazar Rabbi Shimon Lazar holds Shemen the amount of oil that a person would be liable for taking out on Shabbos, the lasuch ever katan shel katan ben joimoi. Over here is so explicit that there's no way to challenge it. To challenge it, it says explicitly only if it takes enough oil to anoint a small limb of a one-day-old infant. So this clearly shows that Rabbi Shimon Lazar is the opinion of the scholars of Rabbi Yanai Academy. And therefore, this is the way we hold. Okay, let's move on to the next liquid brought in the Mishnah, and that is water. Says the Mishnah, what is the minimum amount of water that if a person takes out on Shabbos, he would, he would be liable? So, says the Mishnah, enough to mix an eye plaster. So we spoke about it yesterday. They have some sort of a paste with a remedy and you mix it with a liquid and then you apply it in your eyes. So the Gemona is going to bring the following challenge to understand the Mishnah. Amar Abaye. Abaye was challenging. 
מיכדלסטיקה לוק. כל מילסה דשכיחה ולא שכיחה. In any substance that has two types of usages. One that is more common and one that is not so common. We're going to see examples. We see from the Mishnah that the Chochamim followed the common use, and this was even though it's a leniency. An example, wine. You can also use wine, the liquidy wine, to mix it with this paste, to use it as a remedy for your eye. But most people wouldn't use wine for that. Most people would use wine to drink it. So therefore, says the Mishnah, the amount of wine to be liable, it's a bigger amount, the amount that you can use to mix it with water to drink costs Shalbracha, even though a much smaller amount could be used for the eye. So you, you follow the most common usage because hardly anybody is going to use wine to use it for the eye because wine is expensive. So if you can use water, why should you use wine? So therefore, we take the lenient usage of the liquid. That is regarding a liquid that can have more frequent usage, and one, so one that is not so frequent. Now, when it comes to shachicha v'shachicha, if you have a liquid that can be used for two common type of things, so then, as the rabbis follow the one that is, anyway, both of them are common, but you take the smaller measurement when it's going to be a stringency. We're going to see soon he's going to bring in the Mishnah. For example, yain, as I said, wine. Drinking wine is common by most of people. But use the wine for a healing your eye is not so common. So as Rabbanan Basar Siyasoy de Shrika. The Chachamim said that the amount of wine that if somebody takes out on Shab is gonna be liable, is gonna be what people usually usually do with wine with to drink it to drink it, and it's gonna be a leniency, lekula. Now let's go to milk. Cholab. Achilaso shechicha, refuaso shechicha, is the same thing that wine. People usually would use milk to drink it, and people won't use milk as a healing. So therefore, azurabanam basal chilaso. Regarding milk, the chachamim followed the consumption of milk, also lekula, and is a bigger amount than only that a person would be liable to take out on Shabbos. Now, when it comes to the vash, Honey. So regarding honey, both of its usages are common. People consume honey, drinking it, eating it. But also, we spoke about it yesterday, that people apply honey on a saw. If you have some sort of a, a problem in your skin, you apply honey because any other liquid wouldn't be healing. So since both usages are equally common, over there we go machmir. So azurabanan basa refuaso lechumra. The amount in the Mishnah that the rabbis follow was healing 
that is the minimum amount, and it would be astringency. Okay, so then Abai asks the question, Elamayim, let's, in this, in the, the, this fourth liquid of the Mishnah, that is water, Mihdi, let's take a look. Shesiaso Shechicha, drinking it is common, that people drink water, Refuasolo Shechicha, it's usage for healing, as an mix it with the, with the eye plaster in the kilor is not so common. Now, obviously, it is common to use water to mix it with that uh, paste to put in your eye, but the amount of people that use water for that, that have a little bit of an eye problem, compared to the amount of people that use water to drink, is minimum. So it should be the same way as we did with wine and with milk, that the amount of water should be only a revise, 86 milliliters, which is the minimum amount that people drink to quench their thirst. So the Sabaye, my taima, what is the reason? Why the Chachamim in the Mishnah, they took the amount of water for healing, that is the minimum amount to mix it with the paste for your eye, which ends, ends up being astringency. So that is the question of Abai and the Mishnah. So therefore, Abaye offers an answer to this question. So Abaye said, This Mishnah is referring only to the people of the Galil, that these people were so poor that they wouldn't use any other liquid for healing, and therefore they would use only water for healing. So for them, water was equally used for drinking and for healing. So this is similar to the honey, something that is equally being used for drinking or healing. So you go lechumbra. That's how Abaye understands the Mishnah. Robe disagrees with Abaye. Robe says, Robe Omar, afilu teima mekoimois. No, you don't need to, to shrink the Mishnah and say it's only in the Galil, you can send anywhere and everywhere. Why? We follow Kedish Shmuel. We're going to follow Shmuel's opinion. Diamar Shmuel. Kol she konyanei masu. All liquids that they are mixed into plaster with the, with, with the plaster with the liquid and will cure. Metal telei. And they cover the high Say so like this, any other liquids, when you mix it with a, with, a, with, a, with a paste, will cure, but nevertheless, metallelay, they will cover the eye and you won't be able to see clearly. Okay, let's say you take milk, you take wine, you take any other liquid and you make you dissolve the solid of the paste and you apply it in your eye, it heals your eye, but it blocks the vision. You're not able to see clearly. Levar Mimaya, except water, the mass of Velometalele. Water cures, but has an extra advantage that it doesn't cover the eye. So says Robe, therefore, the 
the healing property of using water in the eye is definitely much more common than any other liquids, not only in the Galil, but everywhere. So therefore, it's like a honey that you drink it or you eat it and you use it for healing that you take the stringent opinion. Okay, let's move on in the Mishnah. Said the Mishnah, Beshar Kolamashkin Barabis. Any other liquids? Only Arabis. This is the Tanakama. Says the Gemara Tanu Rabban, and there's a price dam, blood, the Holmine Mashkin. And if one takes blood in the public domain, and also any other liquids besides the ones we just spoke about them, beer, coke, the measurement would be Rabis has to be 86 milliliters. This was Tanakama. Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar Oimer, Dam, Kedei Likhol Be'ainechas. No, blood, you don't need a whole revis. Blood, even the small amount that you would apply to one eye. Why? Sheken Kochalin Le'virkis. Because indeed people apply blood, we're gonna see which type of blood, to heal a speck protruding from the eye. So when people have something sticking out in the eye, the way to cure it, we're gonna see which type of blood, you put some blood on it and it cures. So therefore, similar to what we saw previously, that minimum amount to cure your eye, you're liable if you take that on on Shabbos. The Gemara clarifies, which type of blood are we talking about? Says Gemora, Dama de Tarnegol Sabara. This is the blood of a wild hen. This is, uh, Bara means from the outside, meaning to say, not a hen that you have at your farm, like more of a wild one in the bush. Rabbi Shimon Mengamilieloimer, then another teaching, Dam Kdele Holboy Ainachas. Also, blood, the amount you need in the same way to put in your eye. Why? Sheken kochalin la yeurud. Because people apply blood to a, a, cara, a cator, cataract. Okay? Today people go, go for laser surgeries for their eyes. But over there, people would use blood. Remind you which type of blood? Dama de chrushtina. The blood of a mole. So you see, there's two types of bloods that are good for the eye, depending on what. So now the Gemara clarifies, if you want to remember which blood is good for what, gava le gava, ubara le bara. Inner is for the inner, and outer is for the outer. So a mole usually hangs out in holes under your house. So it's the inner. So the blood of the inner helps for the cataract, which is inside of the eye. And the hen, which is the outside animal, helps for the protrusion outside of your eye. Okay, now the brasa continues. What are these minimum liquids stated for? Regarding somebody that's taking them out on a public domain on Shabbos. But concerning one who stores these substances away in his house, 
So then, not, not even this, depending which was the liquid, these minimum amounts, anything, a drop. If for somebody, a drop of honey, a drop of milk, a drop of wine, whatever it is, for him is important, even for him, even that amount would be liable. This is Tanakama. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, this is the Rabbi Shimon of our Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yoichai. He holds, In this which case, all this was stated, one who stores away uh, these things, in the case of one who takes out, he's only going to be labeled liable if he takes out a revis. The Gemara is going to explain all this soon. And the Chachamim that initially disagree with him, they agree now with him concerning somebody takes out waste water into the public domain that the amount would be a revis. So the Gemara is going to clarify what's happening over here. Omar Mar, the, the sir, the master said in the Braisa, in what are we referring to this minimum state in the Mishneh, or in the Braisa, better to say, because anyone who takes out that substance, Abel one that stores it away, then even any amount would be liable. Says the Gemara, you want to tell me, Matsniya la Moitsiu? What does he mean to say? He's storing it away, but aren't we dealing? We're not liable for storing away things in your house. We're, we're li making people liable for taking things out of the house to a public domain. So what does he mean by somebody that stores away the things? Okay? So the Gemara is going to clarify what he means to say. Omar Avayi explains. What are we dealing in the Mishnah? Now, even though Abai is going to tell us an example of a student that his master told him, a disciple, look in the footnote number 28, an apprentice, let's say apprentice of a blacksmith or something like that. Now, it doesn't mean only that case. Even, even the person himself that he's going to happen, what I'm about to tell you, would be liable but this is a very common case that this principle can apply. So again, says Abaye, what did he mean to tell us in the Brisa? We're dealing in the case with the disciple whose master told him, Go and clear the place for me because I want to have a meal. So the, the disciple goes, He went and cleared out the place for him. Now, what, he, what did he end up taking out? Something that is significant for all. This student would be liable for taking it out. Even if he normally his master doesn't store it, doesn't stores it away. So, there's two types of things. Some, something that normally most of people take out and people guard, which is something important. Even if his particular master, that amount wouldn't be important. 
since by everybody is important, he will, he will be liable. But regarding something, an item, a substance, that is not significant for all. And, but, but for his master, it is important. The disciple would be liable if he takes it out. So that is the criteria. And that's what the Brisa meant when the Brisa stated the difference between something that you take out or something that you store away. Something that you take out in the Brisa means something that most people take out. So that would be liable even if for his own master is not important. And when the Brisa said, and something that people, st that people store away, that is something that usually people don't regard as important. Nevertheless, if for his master it is important, so if, he, if this disciple, the, the, the disciple takes it out, he's going to be liable. Mechaye bilove, disciple liable for taking it out. But if in such a small amount, even the master doesn't store it away, the Mechayev disciple is not liable because it's not significant. And nobody takes that away. So this is what the Brisa meant. Now the Gemara continues on the Brisa. Omar Mar. But in the Brisa, it's been stated, Modin Chacham in Rabbi Shimon, the sages agree with Rabbi Shimon. Concerning one that takes out waste water into the public domain, that the minimum amount would be a revis. Now, you know, I just remember, before we continue, let's just clarify one more thing regarding the price and regarding the Mishnah. Again, the first opinion on the Mishnah and on the Brisa that disagrees, we spoke also about it yesterday and in the, pre, in the chapter 6, that the Chachamim, or actually Rabbi Shimon and the Lazar, he holds that even small amounts that hardly anybody would consider important, but if for somebody are important, by taking that out, he's going to be liable. So those are the three opinions. Look in the chart in volume three, at the end of volume three, that we have three, three opinions. We had the Chochamim being the, the more like the middle opinion. We had Rabbi Shimon, the most lenient, and we have Rabbi Shimon Lazar, the most Mahmir. And that is the point. Whether we consider something that for somebody is important, or only things that for a majority of the people are important, or like in this case of Rabbi Shimon that we spoke, that uh, in the case of the disciple, that for the, the rab, the, the, the master was important, even if the disciple takes it out, would be liable. Okay, so now let's move on to this case. So, um, the Gemara is going to ask regarding the last part of the Brisa that if somebody takes out things that usually not water that goes to waste, then everybody agrees that that amount of water only if you take out a revis. So the Gemara is going to ask, What is the use of waste water 
that a person should be liable to take it out in the public domain. So Amar Avi Avirme explains, Legabel Bain es Atit. We're dealing with water that even though people cannot drink it or people cannot use to wash their hands or whatever, but people might use it to knead clay without water. Now, the Gemara is going to challenge this. The Asanya, look what it says in the Braisa, Tit, what is the minimum amount of clay that is being, if, if somebody takes it out to the public domain, sorry, a person is going to be liable. Pikur is liable if enough to form an opening of a crucible. So I went, I don't know if you understand this word in English, crucible. I went into Google to see a picture of it. Is what they use to melt things. Look in the fundo number 32. This refers to a hole in a crucible which is used to contain metals that are melted down for smelting or refining, into which the bellows, bellows is the thing that you use to blow air into that, that serves to fan the flames, is inserted. So the clay is used to form a rim around the hole so that the bellow will fit snugly. Okay, so that is what we're talking about. It's a little clay to make like a little ring over there. So this is a much more of a small amount. It's not a Ravis. Ravis is 86 milliliters. This is a little amount of clay. So that is a kasha. So it's a kamara kasha. It's not so difficult. Adem mikval, hadelo mikval. So again, we had similar answers previously. The Gemara is making a difference whether it was already been needed and that is such a small amount. So if it was already been needed, it's already made into clay. So that is much a smaller amount. That is um, yeah. So when it's needed, it's the minimum amount that we spoke for the for the crucible. Adelon Nigbal, while the amount that you need only are, that is as only when it's already a rabies, which is more of an amount, is when hasn't already made into clay. Why? Because a person he doesn't uh, goes out of his way, doesn't bother to knead clay just to put in the opening of a crucible. So if it's already been made into clay, that small amount, you'll be liable. But if you need to start from scratch and take water and mix it with clay and make the whole thing, people don't do for such small, small amounts. So that's why over there, it's only if you take out a release. Let's move on to the next Mishnah. This Mishnah is going to bring, so between this Mishnah and the, 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 the other side of the page we're starting today with this Mishnah is going to bring a long, long list of random items. And again, what is the minimum amount of those items to be liable if you take them out on Shabbos without an Eruv? So says the Mishnah, if you take a rope, 
Gedela, so it's oizen rekupa. It's a bigger amount that you have enough to make a handle for a basket. Now, gemi, which is more, much softer, it's like a reed grass, a, a small amount. The government is going to clarify why. Gedela sos tolai the amount to make a handle for hanging loop for a sifter or a sieve. Enough to take a measure of a child's foot for a shoe with it. Which means you have a little boy, girl, and you want to buy shoes. So you need to measure how big is his foot. So the minimum amount you need a cord to measure that, that would be liable according to the Buddha. Niar. Niar is paper. This is paper like we have paper. I suppose we're gonna see following in the Mishnah parchment. Parchment is made out of hides. This is made out of grass, paper, tree. So what is the minimum amount of paper on Shabbos? Enough to write a tax collector's receipt on it. We're going to see soon in the Gemara that uh, collectors of tax would write two letters, two big letters, as a sign that you paid the taxes. So if enough of an amount of paper must mean like a very small thing that they can fit two letters. We're going to see soon the size of the letters for the tax collector to write paid with two letters. Uh, then, now one who takes out already this receipt that was already written, the previous paper is blank white paper, but it was already written the receipt. If you take out to the public domain, you receipt that you pay the tax, you're liable. Now, you take erased paper, so when you have erased paper, you cannot rewrite on it. So therefore, it has to be a bigger size, enough It's enough to wrap around a mouth of a small flask of balsam oil. Next item, or a hide, to make an amulet. We saw in previous chapter that they would write an amulet and they wrap it with this uh, hide. Then cloth, uh, which is parchment, upon it. To write on top of it, what? Uh, I skip a line. Parashaktana shebatfilin. So if you have a, a parchment, a hide, if it's <coughs> big enough to write the small of the three paragraphs of the Shema, of the Tfilin, and which one it is? The first one, Shema Israel, Dio, Ink, the Lechtovste Oisios, to write two letters. We saw, remember, in the seventh chapter regarding Siva, that in the Kroshim, 
in the planks, the walls of the Mishkan, they would write two letters to, 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 to be assigned which plank goes next to which. So usually when people want to write <clears throat> for that, the minimum they would write would be two letters. So that's the minimum amount of ink that if you take out in a public domain, you're going to be liable ink to write two letters. Kechoil, I paint, makeup. Enough to paint one eye. The Gemara is going to ask which lady only puts makeup on one eye. The Gemara is going to give it an answer. Devek, glue. To, to place on the head of a board. Also, Gemara is going to clarify what we're dealing with. Zephes vegofris. Pitch or sulfur, enough to form a hole. So this would be um, a small vessel that would, would hold in it mercury. And then they would seal it on top using these materials. So that, and then it would make a little hole and then seal it again. That was the minimum amount that would be liable. Shava, wax. Enough to place on the opening of a small hole that they would open uh, barrels of wine and then seal it back <coughs> with wax. So that amount of wax to seal back the opening of a barrel of wine, you'll be liable. Harsis, a crushed brick. According to Tanakama, enough to make the opening of the crucible. Again, the crucible, we spoke about it in the previous page, is having to melt substances. This is of gold refiners. So they would use that to, for, for, to, to close that hole. Now, according to Rabiude, Rabiude Oimer, pit put, Enough to make a tripod. Also, Gemara is going to explain how they would make a tripod for that. Subin, bran. Also enough to place on the opening of the crucible of gold refiners. A similar idea. Look, look in the funda number 15. The bran was used as a fuel for the smelting fires in places where charcoal was scarce. Or, another opinion, bran was placed on the opening of the crucible while the metals were being heated so that the heat would be restrained. So that's why you need that amount. Then, seed, lime. Enough to smear upon a little of girls. So these ladies would use to, as depilation, to, to, like in the mustache or whatever, but then they, they, they couldn't use too much of it. So a small amount for a small limb of a little girl, of a girl, not little, a girl, but a small limb that need to be depilated. Rabiuda Imer, Gdela Sois, Kilkul. According to Rabiuda, ladies would use the, this for the hair to make the temples flat. 
Today they use these electric heaters that they iron their hair. So in those days they have electric irons for their hair. They would use this the lime. Rabbi Nehemiah Oimer de la Sud Undefi to smear the forehead. I think also the Gemara is going to explain where was this. Yeah, it says 18. This time we'll be explaining the Gemara below. Okay. Going back to the so the Gemara goes to the first case of the Mishnah. If the Mishnah says that regarding the second thing, which is um, the that uh, reed grass, which is smaller amount to make a hanging loop for a sifter or a sieve, so this Gemara also a rope should be that small amount. So the Gemara says, no, no, if you want to use a rope that is coarse to, to make a loop to hang the sieve or the sieve, because it's coarse and the sieve or the sifter that is made out of wool, wood, it's more uh, fra fragile than the a big basket, then you end up cutting it. So since the rope is coarse and it would cut into the wooden utensil, being hung from it, so a lot of the English people do not make hanging loops out of rope. And therefore, only with a bigger amount that you can use it for a basket, you'll be liable on Shabbos. So this is going to be a long list and a brisa of different materials. What is the minimum amount? If you take out on shops, you're going to be liable. So utzin. Utzin is palm leaves. Is to take the enough amount to make a handle for a basket made out of palm bark. Also, I went to Google to, to take a look what is a palm bark. Okay. Sieve. Sieve is a palm bust. A ring, which is Ravi Meyer. It's if you take enough to place on the mouth of a small funnel. Funnel? Funnel? Okay. To strain the wine that is poured into it. Because this is very soft, so it serves like a filter, kind of. So if you pour, you put this on top of the funnel, and you pour the wine through it, so the wine goes through, and the sediments, the sulfites, stay outside. So this is the amount you need to use like a filter for that. Then next item in the brisa, revab, grease. De la Sugtagas Aspagin Ktana. Aspagin is a Sufgania in Mother Hebrew, like a donut. So enough schmaltz, enough grease to smear the underside of a small wafer. Again, like a little a little um, bread and a little uh, roll, little roll of bread. Remember we saw it a couple of times that in those days 
the ovens, have you been in, in the, the next door, in the restaurant the next door? They have like a little thing like this of metal. They make pita, they stick it in the wall of the oven and then it bakes. So for it not to fall down, you need to smear a little bit of schmaltz, of grease, and then it sticks to the wall of the oven. So that little amount of grease that you need to put in the dough to be able to stick, one, one roll would be liable on Shabbos. Says the Gemara Bechama Shiura. How big is that? So says the Gemara Kesela, like a coin of a cellar. Says the Gemara Vatania, but Nabraisa says que grogres. How can you tell me it's only like the coin of a cellar if the Tanya says, like the Braisa, like a dried fig? Says the Gemara, no, it is the Hachiura, it's the same amount. Okay, Moichin, another item, cotton. To make a small ball of cotton would be liable. How big is that? Says the Gemara, like the size of a knot. Okay, next one. We already spoke about it in the Mishnah, but now it's a price. Paper, enough to write a tax collector receipt upon of it. Tanya, there's another price that says, Kama Kesher Moksin, how large is the tax collector's receipt? Says the Gemara, Bichtav Shte Oisiois Bichtav Yevoni. The size of two letters written in Greek. Doesn't have to be in Greek, but you look in the footnotes, the Greek characters were bigger than the Hebrew ones. So, it has to be big enough piece of paper that it fits two Greek letters. The Gemara is going to challenge this, but there's a Braisa that says, in one takes a blank paper, there's enough room to write on it two letters, he's liable. And it doesn't speak, have to be big letters, Greek letters, could be any normal Hebrew letters, being laughed but if doesn't have enough room for two Hebrew letters, would be liable. It would be exempt. I'm sorry. So you see, doesn't have to be big letters. Even normal Hebrew letters would be liable. Omar Rav Sheshe. So we're going to see a few answers to this. Rav Sheshe says, What is the meaning of this brisa referring to two letters? No, it means two letters commonly used by a tax collector receipt. What I mean to say, bigger ones. So in other words, the two prices are speaking about the same big, uh, the same size of the paper. Rabbi Amar, Rabbi Amar said, no, don't, don't say that the second price is referring to big letters. <clears throat> the second price is talking even small letters, normal letters, like the ones we use in Hebrew. But <clears throat> when it says has to have the amount <coughs> of two letters, but that also has to have a margin to hold the paper, and end up being the same amount. The is the same amount of the receipt of a tax collector. So it's the same amount. Just you measure you measure it by either enough paper to write two big letters. Or is no paper to have two, two normal letters with a margin to hold the 
received. But there's another Brysa challenging Rabbi that says, in Yarmachuk, if one takes out erased paper, Veshtar Parua, or a paid loan document, now, because we're dealing with either a erased paper or a paid loan document that they were really being written, it can only be useful if in the margin there's white space for you to write on it. So says the Bryce, um, only if there is on its white space, meaning to say in the margin, enough space to write two letters. And the same thing we saw in the Mishnah. If there's no room to write anything, but if it's big enough that in its entirety you can wrap upon the mouth of a small flask of balsam oil, then you're going to be higher, you're going to be liable. Be enough battle, you're going to be exempt. So says the Gemara Bishlam and Rav Sheshes. Now, it goes okay according to Rav Sheshes. That <coughs> he explained on the previous Brisa that the two letters in meant two letters commonly used for a tax collector's receipt. Shapir. Then in this Brisa goes okay. Why? Because look in the footnote number 38. The minimum size of the margin of a pay document is the same at the minimum for blank parchment. And there is no reason why this price I should use a different term to describe that amount. Thus, in both prices, the term two letters means two large letters. So that's also the meaning of the third price. If you always, whenever you see in a price the word two letters, if you always translate that to be two big letters, everything is the same. Elal <coughs> Robe. Well, according to Rove, that he learned the second Brysa, the Amrash Teoisius, the Dan Ubeisachiza, meaning to say small letters and a place to hold a margin to hold the paper. So the Ainu Keshel Mohsin, so which is the same size as the tax collector received. So then, how you understand the third Brysa? Why? Achabeisachiza, Lotzarich. In the third Brysa, we're dealing with erased paper or with a loan document that had already been paid. So that itself, you can hold it from there. So why does the margin have to have um, an extra size for, so when it says two letters, so that would be two letters, and you don't need a margin. So that is a kasha to rob it. <clears throat> so you say, you know what, you're right, kasha. That is difficult to rob. Let's continue. Tarabanan, the rabbis taught in a price. A moisekeshel moxin. If one takes out a tax collection receipt, so it's like this. If the person hasn't shown the receipt to the tax collector, he's liable for taking this out on Shabbos because he still needs it. So he's taking to the public domain something he needs to use. He's liable. But once the person had already shown the receipt 
to the tax collector that he already paid, then he's exempt. He doesn't, doesn't need any more the receipt. Rabbi Yudayme, Rabbi Yuda disagrees and says, Avmi Hayav. No, even after he already shown it to the tax collector, you're going to be liable. Why? You're going to still going to need that receipt. The Gemara wants to understand what is the argument over here. My Benayu. What are they arguing on? So again, many opinions. Omar Abaya, Abaya says, Ika Benayu, Reite Mursa. That uh, Reite is from the word La Ruth. So the people that run as messengers of the tax collector is going to be the different opinions between Tanakam and Rabiuda. That according to Rabiuda, that uh, he still needs that to show it to the runners <clears throat> or the collector. But according to the Tanakama, no, a person wouldn't keep a receipt just to show it to the people running for the tax collector. People themselves are willing to go and speak to the tax collector and he will remember that he already paid. So according to Tanakama, there's no need for the receipt. According to a review the others need to show it to the messengers of the main tax collector. Rabbi Amar, Rabbi explained the argument in a different way. We're dealing in a case when there's a chief tax collector and a subordinate tax collector, which is a similar idea to the previous one. According to Rabbi Yuda, that even after the, the taxpayer has shown it to the, mean, to the chief official, he would still would like to retain the receipt to show it to the subordinate official. But according to the, the, the Nakama, he will not. Again, because he can go back and speak to the main guy and tell him, remember me, I'll already pay you. And Ravash explains it in a different way. Had No, the argument over here is with one collector not with the two as the previous opinion, the gap, the chief, and the subordinate. No, we're dealing with the, there's only one tax collector. And nevertheless, according to the Buddha, a person would like to hold the receipt for the next time when he comes to a different tax collector. See, I'm a guy that I pay my taxes. So, according to Robe, for the tax that had, according to Ravashi, I'm sorry, for the tax, for the tax that was already paid, everybody agrees you don't need the receipt anymore. He already knows you pay the tax. But according to Rabbi Yuda, people want to keep receipts to show it in future tax collections. Listen, I already paid two months ago to somebody else. So you can trust me, I'm a person that I pay my taxes. And according to Chachamim, who cares? Every tax collector, you don't have to, to pay a new tax, so you don't need that. Okay, let's leave it here today. Um, Bezat Hashem, we're going to continue tomorrow from here, Bezat Hashem.